a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to KSL News Radio. I'm your guest host, Kirk Jowers. Take us wherever you go. Listen live and on demand. Download the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. I went a couple of minutes over, which takes a couple of minutes from my next guest, but don't worry, we get him back at, at 2.50. Uh, and we are moving from national and global politics to football. Um, and I'm uh, grateful to have Sean Barton, uh, Stanford defensive standout, also uh, uh, one of the top high school players to ever play in Utah Woods Cross High School. Sean, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Kirk. <laughs> so before we get to college and, and pro football concerns, I want to ask you about the growing number of high school football players who are transferring to states that are planning to play football this season. We're seeing families uprooting themselves so their teenage uh, wannabe football stars might be able to gain some college exposure or simply play a final season under Friday Night Lights. The Washington Post highlighted Utah as one of the places being targeted, and recent box scores around the state are reflecting the impact of some of these COVID transplants. Some of the locals and their parents who were pushed out of their starting lineups uh, are not thrilled. Others love this influx of talent. Uh, what do you think about all these uh, these foreign state stars coming to Utah to play? I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's great for the state. Um, you know, Utah high school football, the presence has kind of grown nationally as players are starting to get outside of the state to play college at USC, Stanford, Washington, even going as far as Alabama and other East Coast teams. And as, as more talent comes in and there's more eyes on the talent that we have here in Utah, I think it's better for everybody. I think there's going to be more coaches coming in to see the film. More people are going to be getting exposed to what we've got here in Utah. And I think it's going to be, in the end, a really great opportunity for, for players to compete and show what they've got here. That's a great point. So, yeah, they may come to see the new uh, you know, superstar quarterback from Oregon, uh, playing on a team and then notice some of our Utah locals, you know, on the line or as a receiver that, you know, might get some bigger scholarships than they would have uh, without this extra attention of, of the coaches. Exactly. Um, so, you know, you, you were, a, you were a star, as I said, uh, here in, in Utah, if you were from a state that was not playing this fall, would you have left your home to, you know, to come here or, or one of the two or three other states that have seemed to be targeted to play your, your senior season? Uh, that is a tough question. I think that people <laughs> need to be realistic with themselves as far as their shot to play at the next level because I think there is something to, to be said about having a high school experience. I loved my high school experience. A lot of the colleges that I was looking at wanted me to graduate early and leave high school early uh, to go start training and to enroll in class and that can get people prepared if they're going to play their freshman year, but a lot of people don't. And I think, you know, that's a really tough question. I think that there's there's a lot to be said for staying where you're at with your friends that you've grown up with and enjoying, you know, prom, that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed my time. So I don't know if I would have done that, but 
I'm happily not in this position. I feel for all the athletes going through this conundrum. And I guess that's true. One of the one of the factors might be if if you're like you and you already have, have locked in Stanford, you had offers all over the country, of course, but you were locked in with your scholarship. But for those players who are fantastic, but not quite at the level you were, uh, you might need this season to kind of cement your your place and get to that yep. ideal place. So that's that's a fair a fair point. So. Uh, moving uh, on to kind of the COVID aspect of football, um, and this question could impact a lot of sports, but we'll focus on football. What do you? Uh, what are the health implications of playing a spring season immediately followed by another fall season? Kind of no chance to to recover and do what what players most usually do. Yeah, I think that a lot of people don't understand just how banged up a lot of the players are at the end of the season. I would say at Stanford that at the end of each year, we probably had 15 to 20 percent of the team undergo surgery at the end, at just directly at the end of the year. And they were recovering from that throughout the entire spring. They'd skip spring ball. In fact, one year we didn't have enough offensive linemen. They were all so injured that we had to use defensive linemen uh, as offensive linemen in spring practices because people were so banged up. And so to be able to recover and get your strength back uh, and then turn around and go right back into it, if your season starts in January and ends, you know, May or early June, and you're going to try to get back into it in September, I just don't think it's realistic for a lot of players. And there's something to be said, I guess, that it'll open the door for for younger players to – get a chance to play, but I don't think people understand just how many people are injured and banged up and, and nicked up at the end of the, of the season. Well, playing off of off of your answer there, then, uh, will BYU be the one smiling at the end of this fall season while every other Utah college and West Coast football team weeps at home, or or should the Cougars follow you know, the Pac-12 and a lot of the other conferences' examples and just wait until spring to play their season? You know, I think BYU's in a, in a pretty good position. At first, I, I wasn't necessarily thinking so, but if they can play this season, there's going to be a lot more exposure for the Cougs. And that's, I mean, it's no secret that they've had some recruiting issues in the past few years. And if they can get on ESPN and be – one of the few teams playing when all these West Coast teams aren't playing anymore. I think it's going to be a big boost for them recruiting-wise and visually-wise to see that they've got a great program, a great support group down there. I mean, the students, obviously, we'll see if their students allowed at games, but they, they have a big fan base and a lot of support and a lot of tradition at that program. The more that they can broadcast that, I think they should take advantage of it. Well, that will make a lot of people who listen to this show show very happy. I know the Utes are going to be watching uh, in, in, in with very different emotions as the, the Cougars play. The BYU, of course, just picked up its fifth game. That's another question. Can they fill mm-hmm. out an actual season? They just picked up Army. And uh, Well, Sean, thank you so much for being with us. As I mentioned, Sean, uh, as well as uh, former NFL running back Tim Hightower, will join me at 2.50 to, to finish up a little bit more on college and NFL questions. We will be right back with Blake Moore talking about his victory in the Republican primaries and what comes next in his quest to replace Representative Rob Bishop. Well, welcome back. You're listening to KSL News Radio. I'm Kirk Jowers. 
Uh, it's been a great, great show. Uh, a lot of weighty issues, and so I, I was kind of been looking forward the whole time to uh, to get back with some old friends, former NFL running back Tim Hightower, Stanford defensive standout Sean Barton, uh, to discuss something a little more fun, the NFL. Sean, Tim, thank you for being with us today. Kirk, thanks for having me. Thanks, Excellent. Man. Hey, my uh, my first question won't surprise either of you uh, because you both know my football hero is uh, is former Ute Alex Smith. Anyone who watched that uh, ESPN documentary of him will know what he has been through. His leg did not look human, and yet he's been cleared to play. So uh, will 36-year-old Alex Smith defy all medical predictions get on the playing field this year now that he's cleared to play or is it an amazing heartwarming story but they should just stick with the future qb Dwayne haskins and and not try this experiment tim, let's go to I'll you first you tim first. Look, you're the nfl guy <laughs> man look I, I i'm excited about alex smith and seeing him on that field a lot of questions are about should he even? Why is he coming back? He's 36 years old. He's accomplished so much in his career. I think it's amazing. It does a lot for the sport. It does a lot for the organization. But even him just uh, from going out on his own terms, and I think there's a lot to be learned uh, in Dwayne Haskins from watching a veteran. And that's a big challenge that I see with young quarterbacks who are forced to be a savior of an organization so early where they don't get the Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, time to kind of study the, you know, the, the Tom Brady under uh, 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 Drew Bledsoe. So he gets a chance to see some guy who I'm sure what he's gone through in these last two years is nothing short, uh, obviously a lot more intense, but his preparation, his focus that he's built his whole career upon. Um, and so that's the same approach I'm sure he took to his rehab. So for Dwayne to, uh, Haskins to get a chance to see what it's like to be a professional, not just the highlights, but how do you overcome from adversity? How do you lead a team? I think if he's, if he's healthy, you have to start him day one. Um, the morale that, that the morale booster that it gives to that organization and the lessons, the intangible lessons for Dwayne uh, uh, for the long term are invaluable. So I'm excited to see him play. And I love that answer, especially from you, Tim. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners followed your career, uh, you know, caught the pass as a rookie to – uh, to put the Cardinals into the Super Bowl, everything was was just flying high, and then you had just a devastating injury that took you out for uh, in and out, but for about three years, and you made a, a remarkable comeback. So I know that <laughs> you you cheer for guys to come back probably as as much or more than anyone I've ever met, and and of course now you're so focused on empowering people with your Wellness Wednesdays and 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 coaching and consulting everything you do. So that's great to hear. Uh, Sean, quickly, uh, what do you think from just a pure football point of view? Uh, do you want him out yeah. there, or, or should he just start coaching Dwayne and, and let history begin anew? I agree with Tim. I think that if he's healthy day one, he should be the guy out there. Uh, there's, that remains to be seen. He's cleared, but obviously it's been two years. There's going to be some rust he's going to have to knock off, and he can do that in camp. But, um, yeah, just the intangible ability for, for Dwayne Haskins to sit and watch him play and, and approach the game. And, I mean, look what Patrick Mahomes has to say about Alex Smith. He credits him largely for, for preparing him to, to step into the role that he stepped into with Kansas City. So I think 
Alex Smith should play day one if he's healthy and ready to go. Love those answers. Um, let's jump quickly to uh, I've always been a huge Patriots and Tom Brady fan. Now I have to make a choice, so help me out. Uh, Tampa versus New England, who will be better this year? Brady versus Cam Newton, who will be the, the better quarterback this year? Uh, I'm going Tampa. Sean. I'm going Tim. Tampa. The student is going to beat the teacher on this one, man. Tom Brady is <laughs> hes as motivated as ever to prove that it was not just Bill Belichick, right, that it was not just his system, that he can win without it, that he's, he's got so many things that he has to prove. He's at a certain point. It's age, new environment. You know, I, I, I got to go with Tom Brady on this one. And you know, it's kind of amazing you said that because uh, not that you said it, it makes sense. But I, I was I went to school back in in the Boston area and uh, spent some time with about fifteen some diehard Patriots fans, and every single one of them. Uh, even though they love the Pats, they're going to cheer for Tampa Bay against New England. Um, they they want they want Brady to have this moment. It's interesting because you know we lost Carl Malone to the Lakers. None of us started cheering for the Lakers. We rooted for Malone maybe, but um, <laughs> but it's kind of interesting. Uh, Sean, uh, do you agree? And what about Brady versus uh, Cam? Who's going to be the more dynamic force this year? Well, I mean, I agree with Tim. Having Tom Brady with a chip on his shoulder is going to be that's a scary sight for the NFL, especially when he's got athletes at wide receiver and running back that he just he just didn't have in New England. They did not invest in wide receivers for, for Tom Brady to throw to, and Cam, and Cam Newton's got to step into that same role, learn a new offense, and have fewer athletes and, uh, I would say, playmakers on the outside. So I, I also am betting on Tom Brady. I don't think it's ever wise to bet against Tom Brady. <laughs> um, we've got a lot of locals in the NFL, uh, which which we're all looking at. Uh, we've got a few prospects on, on our different teams. Uh, the Utes, of course, had an incredible NFL draft uh, among the top uh, of all, all programs last year. What are you hearing about some of their chances to make it, play, start, either of you? Yeah, uh, so what I've heard from, from a few different sources is that Julian Blackman is the real deal for the Colts, that he'll get playing time this year. He's going to rotate in. And Lecky Fotu, there's always a premium for big guy, athletic defensive linemen uh, in the NFL, and he's definitely one of those. I know it's going to be difficult for undrafted guys. Uh, there's a sort of going to be harder this year with no preseason games and no OTAs or camps for them to, to stick it but uh, I think that Lecky Foto and Julian Blackman as well as Zach Moss of course but he'll rotate in but those two are a safe bet yeah Tim you uh, last time we talked you were a big fan of Zach Moss loved kind of what he had the physical gifts as well as the intangibles do you do you think it will you were predicting he'd have a great senior season which of course he did what do you think about as a as a pro do you think he's he's still got it is he going to be able to make that next step I, I i do i do think that he's going to have to show and improve and know uh how to how, how to incorporate himself into the passing game it, it's it's a different uh the nfl is is, is the you know the the schemes are a lot different and it's, it's hard to be just that that downhill runner um and you, you have to find a way to be effective on third downs. That That's really the guys who have the long careers. And so, uh, Thank you. So Thank you so very much. 
It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.